On this episode of You Should Be Watching, we talk about why Birds of Prey is a must-watch movie, we talk about our favorite cosmic horror films, and also we answer the question, what is the best horror TV show? All that and more on this episode of You Should Be Watching. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of You Should Be Watching. I'm joined by some more special guests today from our LA office. I've got Mike and Meg here, and of course, my buddy Ryan, who How's you've seen before, of course. Good to have you guys up here. Yeah, Hi. thanks Hi. for coming to the SF office. <laughs> we if, love it here. Yeah, if you guys didn't know, we have different offices. Me and Ryan are based out of San Francisco, which mm -hmm. is where you see this set, mm -hmm. and they come from the Burbank office. Mm -hmm. So yep. what's that like? It's sunny and hot most of the time. Nice. Yeah, we're in the valley, so it's about 10 degrees hotter than the rest of Los Angeles at oh. all points. It's just warmer, a warmer version of GameSpot. Nice. Well, we so, miss you guys when we're not here. We yeah. miss you too. <laughs> so they've been here with us for a week. We're very sad because this is the last thing we're doing this week together. But mm -hmm. for the people that are not familiar or haven't seen your Watchmen videos, please tell them who you are and what you do. Meg? I'm Meg Downey. I am an associate entertainment editor at GameSpot, so I do a lot of movie coverage. We did Watchmen together, breaking uh, those episodes down. Um, I also focus predominantly on superheroes and comics, so that's my beat. I'm Mike Rougeau. I'm the managing editor of the entertainment editorial team, uh, and I kind of do everything. I guess I tend to focus more on horror and sci-fi and you know, mm -hmm. the genre stuff that we love. All sorts of things. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I have an important question for both of you. So this is what we asked to all of our new guests. What are three shows or movies that describe your personality? Meg, let's start one. with you. Ugh, okay. So mine's going to sound absolutely ridiculous and whatever. It's fine. Because <laughs> it's different. It's important to, to differentiate between your favorite things and the things that define you, right? right. So mine are... Home Movies, the show by Brendan Small, who went on to do like Metalocalypse and whatnot. It's the best. Wet Hot American Summer. Yes. Uh, the movie. Not, I mean, I, the shows are fine. The movie. And then Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. Don't I worry about this. it. I love this variety. Okay, so we have to dig into these. So tell us why these things explain your personality. Uh, home Movies and Wet Hot obviously because of the sense of humor. And I think that those are the two things that I constantly go back to just in my daily life. Like those have incorporated, those are the gags that I use that people don't realize that I'm doing those gags, which is fine. You know, like whatever, everyone should watch those shows and movies though, but whatever. Home, home movies was like early adult swim. Early stuff. adult mm -hmm. swim, like squiggle vision adult swim, like and that. I, yeah. I have Vintage to say that adult I'm swim. with you on that. I, yes. I literally have a, a Brendan Small from home movies yes. tattoo. Oh, wow. But like that's like the way that those lines were delivered and everything has affected just my speech pattern so much that like the things that I will say and the way that I will like make punchlines or whatever is completely from home movies and same with Wet Hot American Summer. That I just, love Wet Hot American there's Summer. No, yeah. there's, there's no unfunny joke in that entire movie. It's all good. Um, and then Hellraiser because I... And that's like a formative horror that like shaped my entire perception of like what horror should be, I think. And like that now defines everything I like about monsters. It defines everything I like about visual effects, like the mythology around it. Like that's what I look for in horror now. It's so. terrifying. Can it's I ask how old you were when you first watched it? Way too young. <laughs> yes. That's usually the case. All of us, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I had, I didn't watch it before I was like introduced to the concept of Cenobites. And so like, I think it was from like, a Spencer's gifts or something <laughs> that like I found like one of those like buttons that was just pinhead oh, wow. and it said to like we have such sites to show you or something and I think it was in like middle school or whatever and I was like I want this <laughs> and, like put it on my book this bag is and my it was aesthetic. like perfect and my mom was like I don't know what this is whatever it's fine <laughs> and then yeah no it was 
It was way too young. That's we watched it. that movie recently, and it is messed up. It yes. holds up. It's, it's messed so up. It's so good, though. Yeah, it's excellent. <sighs> it does hold up. The first two Hellraiser movies are genuinely good movies. Mm-hmm. Like, they are genuinely amazingly done. Like, they're so, like, the practical effects are so cool. Everything about it is good. How many Hellraisers yeah, how many? are there? Like, nine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, nine or ten. Yeah, there's a <laughs> I lot. Had no they, idea. <laughs> the first two are genuine and good. The third is a little dicey. Uh, it's the one with uh, you've probably seen like if you're a horror fan, it's the one with like the Cenobite with like the CDs in his mouth and like he's yeah it's it's a it's an artifact of the 90s I'll say it <laughs> like that and then the fourth gets they go to space eventually and they yeah, always do Adam Scott from like Parks and Rec is in what? one of them as like a 17th century French man in wow. the in the space one it's like a time line thing i, I love know. how many of these horror movies end up in space like Lepre- oh yeah what did leprechaun go to space oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah right 100%. gremlins wait who, leprechaun who? went yeah leprechaun went to the hood and then went to space he right? definitely went to yeah. the hood yeah i don't remember sure. that yeah i think he went to space definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. jason sure. went to space jason yeah, did. yeah. and freddie yeah for sure went mm-hmm. to space yeah for sure no they, they go to space very early on in the hellraiser series which indicates kind of the trajectory of the rest <laughs> of the franchise because i think it's four that they go to space usually like 10 around now. four yeah like ooh. they go to space you guys but. welcome to meg's hellraiser podcast yeah. <laughs> hellraiser, yeah no this is perfect we're only talking it's about totally hellraiser. because that's the theme of yes. this episode everyone is watch yes. hellraiser all of them you have right. to watch all of them mike three movies or tv shows that yeah. explain your personality i feel like mine is not maybe as strange of a range as yours are. <laughs> Don't worry um, about it. I'm going to go with uh, The Life Aquatic. The Good one. Wes Anderson. Nice. Uh, the Matrix. The first one. Yep. I don't Excellent. know why I even said that because it's there's only one. Yeah. There's only one. There's only one Matrix movie. So why? They're trying to make it a new one. It's weird for me to specify. <laughs> um, and The Thing. John Carpenter. Nice. All right. Please. Oh, yeah. Tell us why. Uh, they didn't go to space. They, they came from space in the thing. So uh, it, yes. It, it fits, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so start with The Life Aquatic. Why, why The Life Aquatic? Is this your favorite Wes Anderson film? It's my favorite yeah. Wes Anderson film. It's And I it's 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 one of those weird ones because it's divisive among uh, even Wes Anderson fans. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people love The Royal Tenenbaums. Um, Rushmore Grand, is my... Rushmore, yeah. Grand Budapest, mm-hmm. even Darjeeling but hate The Life Aquatic mm. because I think in a lot of ways it's like the most contrived mm. of all of them. Um, mm. Like from even down to like the stupid like little claymation yeah. fishes like the the crayon pony fish and, and stuff um, where the effects change from like shot to shot. Like there's it, there's mm-hmm. like inconsistencies, but it like it makes it it it, it like enhances like that weird bespoke like diorama um aesthetic that that he does so well and mm-hmm. i don't know it just it just caught my imagination like when i was a kid i wanted to be a marine biologist and i've always Aww. been fascinated by Aww, the ocean that's so cute that is really mm-hmm. cute yeah oh, glad, who, do you think had the, who do you think had the best <laughs> performance in that film there are a lot of really solid ones there oh man or um, your favorite rather i mean i i love bill mm-hmm. he's 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 one of my guys um uh, I'm gonna butcher his name, but uh, Sue Jorge, mm. the, oh, um, the, the the guy who did all the yeah, the Bowie the music? covers, yeah. yeah, like that. That Those to me, like Wes Anderson, always uses music pretty incredibly mm-hmm. in in his films. But like to have those covers like be, um, God, what's it called? 
diegetic. Yeah, uh, diegetic is diegetic when it's part sound. of the sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the use of the diegetic music, where where for scene transitions, you know, the plane flying overhead, and then it, and then he's like sitting on top of like a buoy in the ocean, like playing the acoustic <laughs> guitar and just so crooning mm-hmm. Bowie songs in in yeah. Portuguese. Like, I love that. Okay, and the other two films. Yeah, so John Carpenter's mm-hmm. The Thing, I think, is definitely my favorite horror film of all time. I think one of the best horror films mm-hmm. ever made. One Agreed. Of the best sure. films ever made. Um, and I can just, I can, I, I've watched it. I could not tell you how many times I can watch it every day of the week and never get sick of it. Um, there's so much to see and unpack in that movie. I can have a different interpretation of the ending mm-hmm. or, you know, who's. Uh, who's a thing and who isn't um, like I'll notice a different weird little quirk of the effects <laughs> every time like a- and the the influence that it's had on horror movies ever since then is like you know we're, we're going to talk later about yeah. a movie that oh. I'll, I'll bring it back to the to the thing strong later. influence on the film the faculty mm-hmm. I just wanted mm-hmm. to bring up the faculty again <laughs> yeah, sorry yeah. I watched the faculty last year on your recommendation yes and it's awesome. I gotta say that that movie slaps so I haven't seen it but I've only ever oh heard you have like, to watch it you have like, to watch I it talk about I'm the faculty evangelist of, here yeah things I, that were a product of the 90s yeah yeah God, it's mm. just, you need to watch okay. it it's great it's fantastic uh I could talk about it almost every episode talks about it quite a bit I talk about it a lot yeah things uh, that were a product of the 90s brings us back to my the third one which is the matrix which I saw when I was 11 years old and I did I had no uh, idea what the hell was happening like i literally didn't understand it but my my buddy had a vhs and so we just watched it like every night for like two weeks straight yeah trying to figure like what the world is a maybe i was a dumb kid but like (laughs) no it's it's just such a great concept yeah Yeah. i think initially it stumped a lot of people Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. visually it just drew you in that you're like i've never seen anything like this the idea that we live in a computer simulation is i think like more familiar uh now yeah mm-hmm. but yeah. at the time it just blew my mind and then like a lot of my sense of like what i think is cool mm-hmm. uh came from basically carrie ann moss and keanu in that movie oh, yeah. absolutely yeah shiny especially like yeah. as a kid like coming <laughs> as a kid who was like obsessed with like hackers yeah oh yeah and then like going to the matrix and you're like this is like hackers yeah. leveled up oh my god yeah no like oh <laughs> Like 12, 13, oh my, oof, formative shit. So yeah, good. It's, it's just the the action, the sense of style in that movie. I think it's like one of the best like self-contained sci-fi movies from, from beginning to end. It just like drips this like style mm. and just the sense of like discovering something mind-blowing. And then that discovery is like treated with this weight in that movie where like he, Neo wakes up and he's like, my whole life has been a lie and like mm-hmm, everybody mm-hmm. like it's it's just so it's just such a fun rabbit hole to go down mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then i just pretend that the matrix two and three don't exist yeah with that in mind what are your hopes for four since you love matrix i hope it gets one. canceled <laughs> <laughs> don't say mid-production <laughs> <laughs> no i wrote i when it got announced i wrote like people got mad at me but i said mike's protesting outside the filming of four yeah. in san francisco <laughs> yeah that's why we're here <laughs> we're you're, you're, here yeah. <laughs> you're here to shut it down no yeah they're, they're shooting it they're like shooting it. half a mile yeah. from here we're here uh, to shut it down no i i wrote i wrote when it got announced like i don't want this to happen like i don't care keanu and carrie ann are are back and lana wakowski is back and i don't i don't care like they 
they'll never recapture what was great about the original. Mm -hmm. I don't think. Yeah. And if I'm, you know, I go into everything with an open mind. Sure. This is our job is to evaluate yeah. things, not based mm -hmm. on, you know, the bias that I have as somebody who I hates two out of three I would love for it to surprise me or movies. kind of like take a step back and be like, just kidding, two and three didn't count. That, yeah. They were already in a matrix what or if it pulls like, like, mm -hmm. a, like What if it pulls like a fury road where like everyone is expecting it to be garbage and then all of a sudden it's like the best movie That's, ever made? Yeah, I That's a good be, point. Because fury road changed like, everything. How crazy like, exactly. Whoa. And I, you know what, and I said the same thing about... Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even even though I love Denis, the, mm -hmm. the director, I love his movies prior to that, um, I definitely said, like, who needs yeah, a no one sequel wants to this. Blade Runner? Yeah, that's fair. And that's, like... And now it's amazing. Maybe my favorite movie of the last decade, mm -hmm. so... Wow. Who knows? It's a product of nowadays, right? We Keep have to sit through optimism. remakes and reboots and all I would like them to go the... the um, I, I liked Terminator Dark Fate. I understand many of the criticisms and a lot of people Go ahead, didn't. Ryan. How did you feel yeah, about Terminator? Like it. Guys, there's only, there's only two good Terminator movies. Terminator and T2. Right, exactly. That's it. But, there's but, nothing but, else good. But yeah. that's my that's Just my stop point. making them. That's my point, though, is that they, with Dark Fate, they just... It's hardly even a retcon. It's like they yeah. just pretend the other ones don't exist. If the Matrix 4 does that... But I don't think it will. They're calling yeah. it the Matrix 4. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? If is they that wanted, the title? I think As it's of just, right now, I, I think, think it's called is, yeah. Project yeah. Ice Cream. Yeah, it's Project yeah, Ice that's Cream. The, that's the. Yeah. Well, then maybe we, I guess we don't call it. We don't know the title <laughs> yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. Then may, maybe that is you know. Matrix fingers crossed. Matrix something. Yeah. Matrix salvation. Matrix. <laughs> there you go. Matrix retcon. Yeah. All right, let's go into our next segment. What's on your TV? Or it could be anything that you're watching right now. Ryan, let's start with you. What are you watching right now? Uh, TV wise, I've been watching The Outsider. Mm. on hbo it's been a fun one. Oh boy um, i haven't watched it yet are you guys all watching mm -hmm. okay i'm a couple episodes behind but yeah okay uh, so without too many spoilers since i haven't seen it or maybe some of our viewers haven't like explain it explain what it is and explain what you love about it yeah it's dealing with um you know grief and loss in in, in a small town i think they're in it, somewhere in georgia right mm -hmm. i believe so um and then there's some supernatural elements, obviously, adapted from Stephen King. I, I don't find myself watching a whole lot of Stephen King adaptations, but uh, the cast that they have assembled here is, like, incredible. Everyone's, like, so mm. perfectly cast. And it's it kind of a slow burn, um, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And kind of just, I hope I hope it's more than just we beat evil at the end or whatever, you know, ends up hap happening. Are you caught up? I'm all caught up. Um, so I've enjoyed it. It's, it's, I feel like, you know, You'll always find something on HBO to kind of that kind of hold hold over till the next thing. Watchmen was obviously incredible, one of the best uh, shows of the year. Um, and then this has kind of been no, not quite as good, but it's been a good good watch for. Mm. It's definitely a time. January watch. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's it's something to kind of hold you over for the next thing. And then in in my double feature is then Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know, immediately after that, which is just. <laughs> Incredible. It changes the mood completely. The duality of man. The Love it. I mean, Kirby Enthusiasm is one of my favorite. Okay, I didn't watch Seinfeld like when I, I was didn't younger. Either, yeah. I was not a Seinfeld fan. Are but you like, a Seinfeld fan now? But you, love, but you love Curb. Yeah. I never went back to watch it. Like I didn't it's do it. It's one of the greatest. I know. I I, I trust you. Okay. I believe you. I, believe I feel you. like you would watch. You would enjoy it more as an adult, actually, because like as I think a kid, so I was like, I don't care about oh, this. Yeah, but I, like I, as I got older, yeah. then I w watched it in syndication, and I mm -hmm. liked it a lot yeah. more. And I've watched every season of Curb, and it's just, I mean, like it's just ridiculously funny. Um, some of you know the previous, the earlier ones were a lot better, but this was this season's great, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, in terms of movies, I just watched uh, Honey Boy. Oh, um, I've seen it. Yeah. I was blown away. That's the Popped up Shia in my LaBeouf Amazon Prime. Right? I was like, mm -hmm. this is incredible. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, like, 
What's it about? He wrote it. It's based on his own his, his own life story. Semi autobiography. Uh, Semi autobiography. I mean, seeing like the early shots of him in the action movies, like Transformers, mm -hmm. the no, 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 and then mm -hmm. you know seeing that all the way to um, kind of reconciling with his with his dad and everything they went through. He I mean, he plays it was, his dad in it. Too. He plays his own father. He in plays. That. His, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how cathartic and. Uh, it, it would be for him to play his own father and come to the the grips of what you know their relationship was, and I believe like he didn't talk to his dad for like seven eight years. It was something before wild like that, yeah. um, before they made the movie, and so he, he basically said, "Hey, I'm gonna make a movie about you." Um, I just thought it was amazingly well done. Uh, Lucas Hedges, an, another awesome actor who plays him old as he's older, older and like a you know mm -hmm. old. Shia, I guess. Um, yeah, really, really well done movie. This movie changed my opinion about Shia LaBeouf. 100%. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've hated him ever since uh, Crystal Skull. Because <laughs> that I hate that movie. That, yeah. that time where he just played everyone's son. Yeah, yeah he was just every, yeah. <laughs> every I mean, action franchise. Clearly, like, really troubled and, like, you know, but, like, at a certain point, like, accepted where he came from, where his dad came from, like, everything they went through. And, um, you know, they worked through it. And I, I was just, like, deeply moved by how well it was and how honest it was as well. You know, it wasn't sugar-coated at all. Mm -hmm. Got to talk about the double feature of that with um, Peanut Butter Falcon last year, too, because that was another Shia movie um, that was phenomenal. I, I still watched, need to watch that I watched one, both yeah. of those back-to-back, -back, like, at the end of last year when we were talking about, like, 2019 movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you're going to watch, you, you got to watch it. Okay. On my list, adding that. Awesome. Um, I mean, you guys already did a video for this about Birds of Prey. I wanted mm -hmm. to talk about Birds of Prey, but I also just wanted us all to talk about it and just acknowledge that it's it's good. Like you should watch it. Not enough people are watching this movie, it's and awesome. it makes me upset. Yeah. I hate the conversation yeah. around yeah. around this movie because it's it, you know as if the movie doing poorly like proves it doesn't prove anything. Something. It doesn't no. prove anything. There was that tweet going around where like someone looked at the Birds of Prey like box office take and the budget versus the Ford versus Ferrari box office take and the budget and Birds of Prey did better like versus its own budget and it's being called a failure and the same conversation around Ford versus Ferrari is like a stunning success. It's like, oh, but it made, you know, $30,000 less. Like, wait a minute. The, the, the vocal minorities who, who you know, drive these conversations yeah, it's wild. on Twitter can be can be pretty toxic. But you know, let's talk about the movie because no, we all love the movie's it. great. Yeah, so much let's just talk fun. about the movie. I, I still I still need to see it, guys. It's Sorry, so much I'm, gonna, fun. I'm gonna watch it this week. I you think. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm gonna watch. It. Hey, <laughs> hey, disclaimer: Mike loved Justice League, guys. <laughs> God, you knew yeah. it had to come up. It was gonna come up. <laughs> Listen, I really love this movie. Wait, wait, maybe I, you didn't yeah. love it. You said you, you said it's it. a good movie. Let's, let's talk about this for a second. You said you loved it. You said it was a good movie. This, this, this <laughs> comes Justice up. League is good. Insert that clip I'm in, right I'm here. In per, yeah, I, we're in person here. All right, we're all in the same room so we can hash it out <laughs> uh, as we have Please. many times over yes. Slack and yeah. various other platforms. But, uh, Let's 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 talk about context. Let's put that in, in a, a, a moment really in, in time, this if is a you good will, point. Uh, where we were fresh off of the original Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman, which were both terrible, steaming piles of garbage. Yes, two movies that Agreed. no one should ever watch. And uh, Justice League had had a troubled troubled development, which usually is a bad sign for a movie like this. Um, and obviously, they brought in Joss mm -hmm. to fix it and it, the final movie became this weird hodgepodge of Snyder darkness and Whedon MCU humor and it was not nearly as bad as it could have been yeah and so <laughs> I came out of that experience just thinking wow that was like way more enjoyable than any previous DCEU movie has ever been and now we're in the weeds on this yeah but what I said at the time was <laughs> it's good <laughs> 
It's good, okay? And it's gone down in it. history as my beloved you like, you like the lasso. Scene. You like the lasso scene. I get it. Oh, man. When he sits yeah. on the lasso, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. That's my favorite scene as well. That's, that's my so favorite funny. scene as well. That's hilarious. Uh, okay, anyways, back to Birds of Prey. My I, bad. I did like Ezra Miller. I think. Ezra Miller. Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd, Momoa? Like to, I'd like to see more I, Ezra yeah, Miller. I'm all about Momoa, yeah. yeah. He admits it. One of these days. That Momoa's good? Yeah, Momoa's good. He's great. Ryan loved Justice League. You guys heard it. Talking about changing the narrative. Anyway. That's embarrassing, man. <laughs> Back to Birds of Prey. Yes, please. So a few friends had seen a lot of us kind of react positively, and, and they're just like, I was never planning on watching this movie. Do you think I would like it? Why? What is this? Like, what mm -hmm. is this movie? And so without, like, talking about comic book movies and things like that, I was like, hey, did you, uh, you liked John Wick 3. Imagine mm -hmm. if John Wick 3 was about Harley Quinn. She mm -hmm. keeps getting attacked. Like, that same level of choreography, that same level of fights in a movie but like throw that through like this crazy glitter filter mm -hmm. with all the things glitter that you, and cocaine yeah filter. basically <laughs> and that's birds of prey and mm -hmm. it, yeah it, it, most of it is a harley quinn movie mm -hmm. yeah but they, it's, they it's brought fantastic in, i'm I, i'm blanking on the name but they brought in like the stunt yeah or, or the, the stunt coordinator from, yeah from john wick actually worked on birds of prey and it makes complete tell. sense yeah so, makes the, complete so, sense. so that line is literally direct like yeah they are comparable and they are comparable. I mean, like, if John Wick had an action scene where Keanu was on rollerblades, I would expect it to go exactly the same as that oh, scene yeah. in Birds of Prey. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. No, you're right. It's just so much, like, compared to every other DC movie that's happened, it's had the clearest, like, personal voice. Versus, like, because the rest of them, you know, like, the DCU has kind of a high, high style and, like, We've seen some deviation from that, right? With, Shazam. Oh, yeah, like mm -hmm. Shazam deviated a little bit, and like Wonder Woman also deviated a little bit. But like, this has had the clearest sense of like aesthetic sensibility and just its own idea of what what it wants to be, which I think is just it's bodes so well yeah. for the future of the DCEU, which is wild. Is this your Robin favorite DCEU? Would you guys think? Yeah, like post twenty thirteen. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 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 absolutely. Yeah, sure. Right from from Man of Steel onward. Like yes. we don't. I, I tweeted this after we got yeah. out of twenty thirteen and all. I, yeah. I tweeted it was my favorite modern DC mm -hmm. movie. By which I meant, you know, it, it's a tweet. You can't fit that much in it. Post and, Nolan, and, basically. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah post Nolan, mm -hmm. and also not counting Joker, which is like it's not own a DC thing. movie. It's, yeah. it's not the same universe. Like right. DCEU was never the the, the official official term. term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't like to use it. Uh, but like you have to <laughs> sometimes I should have because yeah. people oh what about Joker <laughs> yeah I like Joker okay? I like Joker too it's not the same universe it's not right? the same yeah. thing at all they're not, not even uh, they're not even they're not the same connected. planet yeah because that's not the Joker that she dated obviously they're right no. yeah you see yeah, no. <laughs> who thinks that <laughs> yeah people are like does, does Jared or Joaquin really like... appear in this movie like what about neither how about that <laughs> but yes you should see it um, alright Mike how about you what are you watching? Um, I've been watching Sex Education season two. Yes, just finished it. Oh, you just finished it? it. My wife was like way into it. She yeah. binge watched it without me. I and I, I was telling you about this, and then I went back and tried to catch up, but she was already done. But I thought it was hysterical. I thought it's it was so really funny. well done. And uh, Jillian Anderson is amazing. She's so she's incredible. She's so, so badass. In that this. whole cast is really impressive. Yeah. I it's not easy to cast some of the really younger, you know, uh, teenagers and um, young adults. Um, and they all kick ass. In I like that they, they, they all seem like teenagers, too. Like, it's, yeah. not, yes. it's not that, like, bad TV syndrome of, like, 28-year-old playing clearly, a 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah, people who clearly, like, should, you know, be working at the DMV or something. Yeah. like Saved by the Bell Dawson's Creek syndrome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my wife and I have been watching it as well, and it's, it's really hard for a variety of reasons for us to um, watch TV at the same time because, you know, 
it's for in this job, like we have mm -hmm. to binge things. Like we have to usually get through things as quickly as possible. And that often means taking a Netflix show like uh, Sex Education and just watching it all at once in one yeah. long mm -hmm. marathon sitting in the middle of a weekday. And sure. that makes it hard to um, have like, you know, binge and chill time with your partner. Yeah. Um, but this is one because we haven't been covering it for the site, it's kind of outside of the normal GameSpot wheelhouse. It's not genre or sci-fi or superhero or anything um, that we're just watching for fun. And so we get to take it slow and just watch one episode at a time and, and really enjoy it, which is a rare treat. Um, and it just constantly it amazes me like how well done every aspect of this show is. The, you mentioned the casting, the writing, the mm -hmm. music. It's so well edited and also, so well like, shot. From the clothes they're wearing, you can't tell what year it is until you see like the technology that they use, like the cell phones and stuff. But like, the, I'm like, why are they dressed like they're constantly in like 1987? Like, but I love it. It's, I, I think it's, it's very it's universal. Cool. <laughs> they are very cool. Yeah, they it's very, very universal cool. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't just feel like, you know, the British, um, uh, if, it's, if, you're, if they're British characters, it still kind of feels very like American high school students would kind of uh, be able to feel like something. Uh, familiar with this. I think that's well. because they skirt a lot of the typical tropes and, and yeah. cliches. It's a lot like, of tropes. E even in the setup for the first few episodes of season two, it's like, okay, so they're like doing two different love triangle things, but then like that gets just kind of neatly side skirted mm -hmm. and they, it winds up doing something much more interesting. Yeah. Really good. All right. Meg, what are you watching? Oh, boy. Like, we're going to go from me being the only one who has not watched the thing to me being the only one watching the thing. Uh, That's what this show's for. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm currently watching Haikyuu season four, which is the fourth season of the sports anime Haikyuu, which is about volleyball. It's the best. It's so good. It's so much fun. It has been on hiatus between season three and season four since like 2016 yeah so it was a long time it was like a long time four coming. years yeah it's a, a long time coming um so it's been really really exciting to be back like i've since caught up with the manga and like had these characters around but i have not you know got to hear them or have like the theme songs or anything you know there's something fun about watching sports anime versus reading it because it's yeah. like very kinetic and uh, they changed the animation style for some of the characters. And yeah, no, it's just been a blast. Was I've been, it worth the four-year wait? It's, yes. Yeah, no, I would say, like, I mean, we're only, what, like, six episodes in as of recording this? So, like, it's kind of hard to tell. And I should also caveat this by saying it's arguably my least favorite arc of the manga that's being converted into the anime right now. Um, so there's not of the same energy so it's like it's kind of like the jury's still out but i just i i missed everybody and so mm -hmm. like it's fun like i'm i'm just enjoying it like i'm getting enjoying... back together with old friends yeah yeah vo volleyball yes yeah. it's volleyball <laughs> can, I, can i ask you how it compares to the one sports anime that i have watched which is yuri on ice see i, I actually... love yuri on ice <laughs> see i actually Dear haven't watched let's yuri talk ice. about yuri on ice watch yuri? i haven't watched yuri oh, like let's talk boy. about yuri on ice i was, I was oh, very are they gonna do anti... it or not yeah they are <laughs> i was very anti-sports anime until Haikyuu. But you're pro-gay anime. I am pro-gay anime. Which is Yuri on Ice. Ice Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. I like, Amazing. I just, like, for a while, like, I just, I was very anti-sports anime. Like, it didn't really even matter what it was. I just was like, I don't, I don't care about sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't I'm, care about figure skating, which is why I was like, it took me so well, so long to get into Haikyuu, because I was like, I don't care about volleyball. I'm uh, with you on that, and you know that, so do you think yeah. that I would enjoy this volleyball Probably Show. not because you're a very cynical person, <laughs> and Haikyuu is all about hope and overcoming like your own. It's, it's 
so yeah. optimistic. No, because this is about hope. It's yeah, about, I do. I, I, this. Yeah. It's about hope. It's about hope. And you would hate it. Be, your Someone friends with your teammates. I do hate hope. You do. You hate hope and you and, hate fun. Uh, I, I and don't that's like what hike is all about. Anyone should ever try okay. to overcome so any. You're anything, the last so. person I would expect to, to bond about. You're going nice with. Please tell me what you love. I get why Wait, I you like, like Uri on ice? ice. Yeah, I love Yuri. Okay, so are you fine. Me? Yeah, I get why I like Yuri on ice. But why do I yeah. love? You know, I love ice skating and I love boy love. Why oh. do you love Yuri on ice? Please tell uh, me. Yes, Mike. <laughs> I don't like ice skating. Ice skating's great, but guys, I don't understand it. No, I don't either. They do flips and it's all very they got, dangerous. They got like it's a really dangerous, really yeah. hard. <laughs> they have like a lot of different names for the tricks, but they all look exactly the same. That's true, but it looks so hard and is very hard to do. I'm sure it's hard. Yeah. A lot very of things are hard to do. to do, and that doesn't necessarily make them worth doing. Yeah, but it's so pretty to watch. But how's continue. That for, how's that for cynicism? But, but, but tell me, tell me what you like. I need to know what you. So then, if you don't like ice skating, why do you like an ice skating anime? I like a good romance. Yeah. Okay. 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 So Who I doesn't? mean. Ostensibly, Haito is about the romance, romance between eight different boys That's on a team. Not what romance is. I mean, isn't it though? <laughs> romance is whatever you want romance, it to be. Sometimes a romance can be an entire volleyball team. <laughs> Just saying. Can I get that crocheted on? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm sold. Okay, great. <laughs> it's about eight, I... sometimes more than eight, high school kids coming together in the love in their hearts to beat the. Their rivals. <laughs> do the I need to watch the first three seasons? Yes. Yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> All I right. Have plenty of time to do that. Great. So. <laughs> wow. I love how we've derailed into sports anime, but it's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Let's go into our next segment where we talk about co- cosmic horror. So yes. we're talking about cosmic horror. This is something that you both have in we common that you enjoy. <laughs> I asked them to pick a genre that Can they you enjoy. Tell these two children? <laughs> <laughs> Them. Of course, they pick cosmic horror. <laughs> love it. <laughs> All right, so tell us why you love cosmic horror, and then tell us something recent or that you watched, or something that you love in the genre of cosmic horror. We we were trying to figure out something that that we could both mm-hmm. speak to equally, and this is you know mm-hmm. we have some uh, divergent interests and we have some shared interests as, yep. as far as genre and format. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is one where we tend yeah, to yeah we're pretty aligned on this one definitely yeah. yeah. And I, I was trying to think of things that I saw recently mm-hmm. that I didn't get to talk about enough. And one of those things is is Color Out of Space, mm. the uh, Richard Stanley Richard Stanley's first movie in like 27 years. Um, Nick Cage being insane and a Lovecraft adaptation, which is like wow. check, check, and check mm-hmm. for me. Um, What's and, the plot? So it's it's so it is an adaptation of of one of those old Lovecraft stories from a hundred years ago. Um, and basically a meteor hits a farm and then weird stuff starts happening and everybody goes insane and there's body horror and there's, you know, uh, this is, I, I said we were going to go back to the thing. Um, there, there is practical effects that, Ooh, you know, nice. pay homage to and, and rival those in, in the, in the thing. Um, uh, have we all seen the thing? Have you yes. seen the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. You know the dogs? Yeah. The dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I don't, there's no way to describe can't un- it. Can't unsee those. No. Yeah. Picture that, but with llamas. Oh, no. Oh, and, oh boy. And uh, Nick Cage with a shotgun. Great. Oh. Okay, I need to watch this immediately. <laughs> Me too. I need to watch yeah, this. Dude. What level of Nick Cage are we getting Nick Cage yeah. in this movie? 
I mean, it's a movie about a bunch of people trapped on an isolated farm who slowly go insane because of the influence of an alien color that seeps into the water and air. And it concludes with like a 20 minute miasma of violence. So, you know, draw from that whatever conclusions you want. I'll be honest. I don't seek out a lot of cosmic horror, but I, that sounds like something I'd, I'd watch. I mean, yeah, like, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to look for that. It's you bonkers. Had, you had me at practical effects and yeah. Nick Cage. Totally. I mean, did you guys yeah. see Mandy last year? Yes, was that, that last bathroom year? scene. I didn't that was year, the year before. The year before. Yeah. I think. Well, if you like Mandy, you'll probably like Color Out of Space. Okay. Sold. Can't guarantee it, but you know, Mandy. That's another. Maybe that's not it. cosmic horror, but that's that's I'd call it cosmic. I mean, it's another Mike movie. Yeah, for sure. There's lots of shots of the sky and stuff. I would call it. I would. Yeah. Meg, why do you love cosmic horror? I think I don't like. I think this this also goes back to Hellraiser and the idea that like, yep. there is, there is a threat that is you know kind of a personified character that is not like a human being with a gun or like you know someone that's just gonna kind of run around and like hurt people. Like I love this idea that there are forces out there that have their own driving will or sometimes like total lack of will or like or will that we can understand that still can be called like characters. Like I love that, I like that's why I like the Lovecraft like mythos, that's why I like Hellraiser, that's why I like Annihilation, like any of those big high concept things that can kind of be boiled down into these, you know, very intimate settings of, you know, people kind of struggling against And there's something so terrifying about the unknown. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's taking the unknown and putting it into like a vaguely humanoid shape some most of the time yeah like like beings who are clearly sentient but yeah. but whose will is like so alien that we can't right and it, 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 you know good good villains in in horror movies is like sometimes you can understand their motivations yeah and, and sometimes you can't and this is this like cosmic horror like takes that to the extreme right and it's also that they're bound by some sort of like usually they're bound by rules of some sort like there may not be rules that we you know have to, that we have in you know actual reality or whatever but they're not like ghosts like they're not going to just like kind of dissipate or you can't exercise them or whatever right it's, it's definitely it's different from like typical supernatural right exactly horror. have yeah. you read a lot of lovecraft i did in college and in high school and like i i'm not actually like i like the concept that lovecraft raises a lot but i don't like a lot of the actual work it's mm-hmm. it, it can be hit or miss and yeah like it's it's kind of hard to read a lot of lovecraft because so much of it is like so dependent on his like extreme racism. Yeah. Like, even mm-hmm. people go like, oh well, he, you know, it was the it was 1910 or whatever. Right. Like, no, he was racist even yeah, he for was, back then. Like yeah. he fully bought into it. Um, and a lot of his stories have to do with like fish people coming out of uh, you know out of the ocean and right and and mating. So, yeah, with to, good... to corrupt our bloodline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mating yeah, with yeah, good yeah. good white folks yeah. and. Yeah mixing races and yeah. it's like well that's hard to read but then there's like at the mountains of madness which has nothing to do with any of that right exactly and yeah is a ridiculously captivating 80 page novella that i've read you know 10 10 times right and can like can't get enough of right this was the one that peter jackson was gonna it was uh, del toro oh del, guillermo. del toro yeah guillermo. Oh, guillermo. yeah which i've <laughs> got to see guillermo to see toro. that to see guillermo del toro's take on at the mountains of madness is still something oh. I hope I get to do before I die. Yeah. Because that would just, that's, it would be incredible. I mean, it, that's that's one of my favorite stories I think, ever. Yeah, that, that's the key of, like, Lovecraft for me now, you know, like, as a person in 2020, the idea that you have to take these ideas that came from somebody whose values I do not share at all from 1910 and then put them in the hands of someone like Del Toro. 
and give them to someone who can strip out the things that are, you know, that we don't want to talk about and like that are gross and pull out all of the like the really cool concepts that are there and yeah. turn them into something cool. Being a cosmic what, horror fan is complicated. Yeah, it's extremely complicated. <laughs> but you said that that was something that Color Out of Space did really well. Yes. In, oh my God. As an adaptation. Uh, like I don't want to spoil what happens in the adaptation of Color Out of Space, but you know, uh, the it, it's from a different perspective than, mm. than the the written um, the original story is from. Um, and you know, one of the characters is black, mm-hmm. which I feel like Lovecraft, you know, would be rolling in his grave. Yep. Which makes me happy. Yeah, exactly. I have a love hate relationship with <laughs> Lovecraft. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that yeah. But it does it does an excellent job of uh, take taking what is so great and original about Lovecraft mm-hmm. and, and modernizing it mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. That's the the one thing that I've been like the cosmic horror thing that I've been really into. Very recently, I just discovered this podcast that's called Old Gods of Appalachia, and it's like a narrative anthology that is borrowing concepts of Lovecraftian mythology set in like 1910, like the Appalachian Mountains, and it's done by this really amazing narrator, but like the entire concept is like modernized almost. Like it's weird to say that a story set in 1910 is modernized, but like in the sense that like the intro chapter features like a lesbian couple. And then, like, the next story is all about, like, people of color in the mountains or whatever. And it's like, that's cool. Like, this is the story. These are the stories that I want from this mythology, which is amazing. I think yeah. it's just so – it's so well done. Go listen to that podcast. There's, like, a it's musical like, element, too. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's so good. Really? It's, nice. like, it's so well produced. And, like, the episodes are, like, 20 minutes long, like, mm. 10 to 20 minutes long. Mm. Not bad. Yeah. Digestible content right there. Fantastic. Uh, so you mentioned Annihilation. I really love that movie. Uh, can you talk more about why you love that film and oh my God. what works and what why it makes it a good cosmic horror film? I I love Annihilation so much. I have the bear tattooed on my leg. I wow. went and got, yeah, I was this like. This is a recent yeah. addition <laughs> yeah, to that movie. Didn't come, what, yeah, when it did didn't you, come out that long ago. It what? was not that long ago. Because, like, I, this is, this is a, a point that Mike and I diverge on a lot. Because Annihilation is based on a book. Mm-hmm. I don't like the book at all. I like parts of the book. How deep do you want to go on? I know. I don't know. No, no. like, the book was a trilogy of books. Yes, it's the book still, is a trilogy. Yeah, so the trilogy. movie is based on the Jeff Vandermeer book of the same name. Right. But A lot of differences, though. Huge. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. almost not the same thing. Garland had not read, I right. believe, Garland, yeah, Alex Garland had not read book two and three yet. Right. Yes. Uh, and just decided to make End it his way. Just yeah. based on the first book. And it, yeah, he it has a different ending. Yeah. It's like a totally like there's like the big concepts of the of the book are changed and and whatnot, but regardless, thematically, yeah, it's, it's I would say it's very different. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But I prefer I, the book. I know, I know you do. <laughs> and yeah, no, I we'll, love all three of those books. <sighs> it's fine, um, it's but fine. I think Annihilation just as a whole it works so well because it visually represents all of the things that are kind of you know like the like cosmic horror is based on things that are like unknowable, right? Like that's one of the big cruxes and that's one of the big challenges to adapt cosmic horror stories is the fact that a lot of the you know monsters are described as like gelatinous shapes with like you know like, oh, it's like this thing that you can't you can't look directly at it because it looks like a shadow or whatever and it's like oh like how, how many eyeballs yeah, can I like, how, look like, at at one time right, before my like, mind crumbles exactly and like I think that in the past cosmic horror has kind of fallen into a pitfall where you know you we all have this idea of what like Cthulhu is supposed to look like just based on like the zeitgeist around Cthulhu right and like that is kind of the fallback it's like oh we'll just show like 
a writhing pit of tentacles. Yeah, it'll or be tentacles. There's yeah, gonna be a lot like, of tentacles, oh, maybe a couple just, wings. Yeah, exactly. And like that's cosmic horror. And like I don't like that at all. And it's so, like I think Annihilation really succeeds in the fact that it doesn't actually have like a main antagonist monster or whatever. It has these creatures that have been affected by this antagonist monster and like the bear or the big alligator or even just like the weird deer that kind of run around. And they're all things that you know. I mean, you know that's a bear. You know that's an alligator. You know it's a deer. But it's been so warped and consumed by this unknowable concept. And it's represented in such a cool visual way by like, you know, like, oh, there's like the dead half of it is one thing and the alive half of it is another. And like, I just think that's. Have a, you I, not seen Color Out of Space? I haven't seen Color Out of Space. You definitely no. should. I'm go- I, was, I, was like, <laughs> should. I wanted to go to that screening and I couldn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, yeah. Uh, I, I really theater want show? to. It's in theater. I mean, it, okay, it, cool. it got a uh, limited release like January 24th. So it should be hitting like on demand soonish, right? Maybe. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. But I definitely want to. Like, I'm not avoiding color out of space. But the fact that Annihilation does that so well. And then I think also, I know people kind of made fun of the, the final act of Annihilation, which, like, whatever. The alien kind of does look like Pepsi Man. It, I'll give yes. it that. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Whatever. Okay. Yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, but like, I think just the, the whole the tension of like the dance fight scene like mm-hmm. that's another like really cool way sorry the what the dance fight the dance fight yeah that's I mean they're dancing but they're also like she, she, I have never Carmen. heard it called that because that just makes me think of Guardians of the Galaxy <sighs> no it made me think of us yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. exactly right. okay. thank you yeah. it's very it very much has that sort of us vibe but like that as a representation of like combating against this sort of like concept that you like you cannot understand like there is no there's no middle ground there's no like meeting of the minds here like this is a like natalie portman cannot understand this other concept and it's literally her that she's butting up against and i think that's choice you've seen event horizon i I have seen event horizon i was just gonna bring that up ryan you like event horizon i remember that being one of the first things like it was etched into my brain right. as this is just so damn scary. Yeah. Like visually, when you mm. see Sam Neill's face just all cut up, can't all, unsee it. Can't you can't unsee it. it. And like it changed the way that you, as after what, you what saw it, Jurassic Park too. <laughs> after yeah, watching Jurassic Park, I think it was ninety five, mid nineties. So it's 97, like seven. I want to say, mm. yeah, yeah. I'm, we're we're young at this time, and yeah. watching that, you're like, wow. That I mean, not knowing, coming face to face with hell and all these. Uh, religious overtones of the design of all the ships mm. uh, and um it was just like wow this it could it could get this scary i right. love that movie when it's when it's doing the the, the like quick flashes where it's just image after image after image after image yeah look at the, the like the the amount of detail in each of those shots that lasts like a frame and a half right mm-hmm. and it just goes through so many like we could i feel like we could spend a whole episode just like analyzing those oh yeah uh, right oh. uh just the places your mind goes like what's beyond that portal like mm-hmm. what's in there it's, it's oh it was so scary there's yeah, so much really that well humans done. don't know and, and just like that concept of that is like just frightening yeah. and it never, more, really, that gets it me more, prov- way more than jump scares here and there right yeah, yeah and it like never provides a good answer like there can't there can't be an answer because the whole thing is that it's it's unknowable and mm-hmm. I think right. that movie does it really well yeah yeah, yeah. and t- speaking of Event Horizon it's kind of derivative of it but Sunshine was a movie that I really loved <gasps> written by Alex Garland exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. bring it all bring back it, yeah bring it full, full circle, circle. <laughs> oh. yeah. Shout out to Alex Garland, but yeah, Sunshine's I like fantastic. Sunshine. I, I I I feel like in the like final act of that movie, it kind of just like becomes a slasher. A little bit, yeah, kind of does. Like, it kind of yeah. does, yeah. I mean, I don't like. I love Sunshine too. I think that 
like I mean, just the score aside, like the fact that like Adagio and D, D minor, that song that has now been used is like every emotionally effective scene in any movie. It's like, <laughs> oh, here's this song. I remember it shows up in like Kick Ass. Or something. I was like, that's the song from Sunshine. Like, what? The song from Sunshine. Yeah, I was like, what? And it's like in like car commercials now. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, like, I don't know. I just think that that it's a bottle. Like, it's hard to do cosmic horror as like a bottle movie. Like, the thing does it kind of to like an effect. But like, Sunshine also does it. Like, where it's like you're trapped in a very confined space. Well, Color Out of Space does it too because yeah. they're, they're trapped at the farm. So maybe that's actually the maybe best that's way it, maybe to that's the key. Horror. Yeah. <laughs> like I think that that's probably like uh, yeah, I guess that is kind of like a, a running theme of every cosmic horror movie that I really like has been like confined a very space. confined mm. like small scale story, which I think yeah. I kind of like small scale yeah. small scale stories better anyway, which brings us back to Birds of Prey because <laughs> one of the best things about that movie that is that it's like that a segue. contained. It's like a street level, yeah. you know, crime story. There's mm-hmm. no there's mm-hmm. no like beak there's no sorceresses or beacons maybe, of light going up into space. There's no superhero landings. It's a little more realistic, a little more closer to reality, mm-hmm. less things to ruin, mess up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's just not about like the the concept of the world ending right. is boring because yeah. it's not it's it doesn't been done so many times yeah it doesn't seem realistic yeah. you know that's that's such a nebulous overarching thing to be afraid of and that's one thing about cosmic horror is like it's almost never about the world ending it's always yeah. like about sub like you well know, i mean sunshine is about the world ending but it's not about the world ending it's, it's about, about the whether crew, or not though. these people them. survive yeah, right. yeah which is yeah, I think if you can thread the needle between both of those things, that's when like you get a really good cosmic horror yeah. story. It's the fact that like it needs to be about these characters that you really love and you really care about coming up against something that could potentially break all of reality. Wise words. Yeah. Nice. So we know that movies can do horror. Let's talk about television. So it hasn't been as successful on tv right like horror they, they try they're not i yeah. feel like there are less like when we come up with like oh can we come up with like all these action movies yeah can we come up with all of these comedies like what's the best sitcom that's hard but like when i asked you guys and i was like what was the best horror tv show you stumped me yeah it was mm-hmm. hard right yeah. it, it, i wasn't it was a hard one to answer. i had one immediately <laughs> no she, yeah but meg, meg did answer meg immediately mine, though, so meg mm-hmm. answered i had to think of I had you think can of... share an answer oh okay like, okay so sure. uh, yeah no i think i think the best horror the horror tv show of all time is hannibal it's so good and i think that there's no like competition there like it's it was you know it maintained an amazing balance of like horror and body horror like just you know traditional horror and body horror and I can't believe the oh. stuff that that show got away. Even at the oh time, oh my god, like, on NBC. Yeah. It was I mean, it was on at like ten, but bonkers. still, there but was still. there was some truly horrifying, oh, horrific things stuff. in that show. Yeah, the people like all sewn together to look like the eye in this giant oh silo, god. and the guy waking up and realizing that he's been like glued. This is terrible. The, like, I'm gonna cite something, but I don't remember where I read it. Okay, but, but it, it, it was about. Um, it was about how they, you know, got around all the censorship on. Oh yeah, uh, not censorship. That they just but like put how, blood over the. You yeah. read this too? Yeah, no, well, I was, we, I was there. What did when, they do? Explain this. Explain yeah. it. Okay, so, 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 you know, violence versus nudity mm-hmm. versus sex on, you know, network TV is like always. The balance has yeah. always seemed off, mm-hmm. right? Like, why are we allowed to see like all like people get shot in the head, but like you can't see like a boob or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the, they were always butting up against the, um, I don't want to say the word censors, but you know what I mean? Like the. Right. The, like the network 
was yeah. not wanting, like, yeah, like, the TV ratings and whatnot, like, they wanted to restrict what could be shown. Right, and so, so I mean, you may remember it better, mm-hmm. better than I do. The, oh, yeah, so they, they kept running up, because, like, a lot of dead bodies in Hannibal are naked, you know, usually because they've been either dismembered or partially eaten. Or, or yeah, you know, like there's Hannibal. Yeah. Exactly. Like there are very <laughs> few <laughs> clothed, mutilated bodies in Hannibal. And like Brian Fuller would relate this anecdote. And the reason I know it is because he was he did it at a one of the Comic Con panels. Like he told us the story that he wait when i brought this up was i citing you probably <laughs> so this is a story i heard from meg apparently. yeah probably uh, but he would he would relate the story that to get around the network being like you can't show like butts on tv like you can't like nude butts cannot be on nbc he'd be like okay we'll just fill in the butt cracks with blood and that amazing would wow. get that would the the network would be like okay that works yeah it wow. works so a That's human allowed? a human body shown from the back yeah exactly with their with the skin of their back you know flayed into wow. angel wings <laughs> right it's, it's fine. not cool unless there's a waterfall of blood you know covering censoring the butt how is that okay <laughs> That's, that's crazy. That's how NBC worked it. That's the that world is, we live yeah, in. And it was Wild. fine. And that's how they, that's 100% true, directly from him. And that like, show's incredible. So. Yeah. It, oh, so good. God. Yeah. No, there was not, there's no bad episode of Hannibal. I want Matt's more Mickelson. of it. I know. So good. So good. But like, there's no. I have trouble seeing him in any other role. Yeah. It's true. It's really tough. But like, there's like, I, I'm really sad that it got canceled and I, I would love it if it came back. But at the same time, it's like, I think it ended in such a way too that it had a perfect ending for what it was and like what it needed to be. It's it's just gonna be like this perfect little text that is gonna you know be my like benchmark for horror TV for. Are you ever. sold, Ryan? I have yet to watch you this. You've never you, seen. No, you oh. told me the other day about this. You yeah. and Phil, you and Phil were telling me yeah, how yeah, great yeah. it was. One of the best TV series it, it, ever. It has some of the best. And I'm gonna body horror. I'm gonna immediately. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch this one. I love yeah, body horror. It's so it gets to me. It's so good and it's so stylish and like yeah. it if you like like Alex Garland stuff if you like like the big kind of like aesthetic pieces it's that's that's 100% what Hannibal yeah. is. It's just this beautiful gorgeous horrifying aesthetic masterpiece. Awesome. Ryan, what Slash would you like nightmare. to recommend? Yeah. I cheated a little bit here, guys. Because um, you have to say American Horror Story. Because I have to say American Horror Story. I'm contractually <laughs> obligated. Yeah. obligated. I have to say American Horror Story. Hi. As the host I'm of on American, American Horror, Horror Story, Story videos. <laughs> I have to say it. No, let's be honest. American Horror Story, um, it's, 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 you know, it's cheesy. It's peaks and valleys, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's, it's peaks and valleys. Uh, that first season was still one of the best. First two seasons were Murder House. I love Asylum. Solid. Asylum Sounds is good. one of my favorites and Murder House. Murder House um, great. Yeah. It, it's, a di- it's different than Hannibal, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I can, yeah, sure. I realize this. Um, I like some of the horror elements of like Black Mirror, like yeah. more realistic, sure. technological, like it could happen next week type of things mm-hmm. as opposed to like sitting through right. a horror TV show. So mm-hmm. we have to, we'd obviously have to nod to Twilight Zone too. Yes, but, of course. But yeah, Black Mirror does that really well and it's it scared the crap out of me several yeah, times. Like, Watch it, watching like the entire history of you episode, mm-hmm. um, White Bear, and even some of like the ha- happier one, like the night, the more positive ones. Sorry, Mike, the <laughs> like San Junipero, like some of the. Why are you apologizing? <laughs> Sometimes you like some because oh, I don't like happiness. <laughs> oh, hope. You don't like hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. A lot of hope in San, well, San, San Junipero is terrifying. <laughs> it is terrifying. I mean, right? it's all terrifying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. it's all it's terrifying. All, I have but to that's... stop watching Black Mirror sometimes. Like, I, I can watch some messed up stuff, but I sometimes I need to turn that show off because it feels too real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's anxiety inducing sometimes. I agree. It's mm-hmm. very good, though. 
Yeah, I thought, I thought you know, it's hit. Some of them are, are aren't as strong as the other ones. Sure, but um, sure. do you have a favorite? Is it entire history? Of you? I think entire history. It's yeah. messed up. Uh, yeah. But I, I enjoyed that's it. The I most it was really up well. One. It's pretty messed up. <laughs> but um, that's really good. And uh, I, I want to shout out True Blood. Yes. There's some horror elements there. And hey. it was more like comedic as well. Like it was fun though. It was fun. Mm. Oh, that was that was a good time. And it had some really solid seasons, then it just really turned into a mess. It did. It True, did. Blood, True yeah. Blood gave us Evan Rachel Wood and Skarsgard though. Sure did. That is yeah. true. So sure did. We yeah. owe it we owe it just for that. Yes. As yeah. Westworld fans. Mm-hmm. And a real banger of a theme song. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. That intro was so good. I wish that I wish all of True Blood had been what the intro was. Right. Yes. I was just yeah. like, oh, where is this? Because like that's the first thing you see, right? Yeah. When you yeah. first start watching the show, I'm like, ooh, this is intriguing. None of that imagery is in this show. No. <laughs> None of it. It's just it's all banging and graves and stuff. Mm. It's 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 good though. But I have it was heard fun. Good, Did you I say have heard banging good. and graves? Bang, or banging, banging in graves. Banging in graves. graves. Just yeah. making sure. Yeah. On brand. On brand for True Blood. <laughs> uh, I really wanted I really want to dive into dark. Mm, yeah, I the started German, it. The German yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I've watched season one. It's good. I heard, I'm trying yeah. solid. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's yeah. it's super up my alley. Uh, I like it. I haven't, I haven't seen season I, two though. Right. Same. I didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just it's one of those like you have to pay attention. Like I don't speak any German, so like mm-hmm. I have to be looking at the screen mm-hmm. the whole time when I'm watching it, which right. like is a little inconvenient if you're like us and usually are watching things and <laughs> right. working and yeah, having you know because we're looking for clues too. We're right. Like, oh, exactly. that's a clue to this. That's a clue to this. This is how this is connected. Yeah. It's a little harder right. when there's yeah. a language barrier. Which but like there's good. a there's another horror show on Netflix that I really like that I'm having the same problem with called Ma- Marianne or Marianne. Which is a French horror. He always makes fun of me because I pronounce it the, the French way. I didn't um, say anything. I know, but you're, you're giving smiling. Miles. Um, but it's a Your French. Your smile says everything. It's a French horror show, and it's very good and very disgusting. Like it's like super body horror. Like I love body horror. Disgusting. It's really gross, but it's about a, a a woman who like wrote a series of novels about a witch, and then ended the story and then the witch from the novels like turned out to be like a real thing and her writing the stories were like the only thing so keeping this like Will Ferrell's Stranger Than Fiction but French and horror yes. on Netflix yeah. oh, wow. oh okay basically okay. sounds really good it, Will yeah. Ferrell is very wild. good in Stranger Than Fiction I love that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really disgusting good. it's cool. super gross um, yeah. it's super tense but it's also yeah it's French like you have to be unless you speak French like you have to be watching the whole I had no time idea. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Netflix shows, I, th- I liked Haunting of Hill House a lot. I thought that was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I'm surprised it took this long for that to yeah. come Yeah, it's great. No, that was one I had on my list. And I, yeah, from start to finish, a really solid season of television right there. Sobbing my eyes out at the ending of that show. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. It's And that like Gregory Allen Iskov, like stinger or the the needle drop was like just felt so unfair. I was just like, <laughs> I'm already crying <laughs> and you're going to drop that. Okay, fine. I thought Haunting of Hill House was was great and like it was one of those shows that was so fun to go back and try to find like all the hidden ghosts like mm-hmm. that was my oh, that, that was, was my good. favorite thing and then the, Ugh, so one of the executive producers of that show was Meredith Avril who then went on to work on Lock and Key mm-hmm. which if we're talking about horror TV shows we should bring up because I that's one of the, but they took out the horror. Exactly, from, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. That, that's a show that should have been horror, and mm-hmm. and they, it's not they horror. instead they focused on the high school and the fantasy mm-hmm. elements. Um, but you know, what could have been? What could have been exactly? What been? Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, I also speaking of horror, the final season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> How scary! Why would you do this to him? Why would you do this to him? Dude, it was horrible, right? I know. I keep eyeing the Dracarys cup. That's why I'm chugging this career. I mean, that was trauma- that was a traumatizing oh season goodness. of television. Oh. The worst. Um, I think Stranger Things has some horror. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to talk season about. Season one is a lot of horror. Yeah, season yeah. one is. Like, it's hard to talk about 
horror TV because most things that are kind of horror on TV. They're also like, other genres. Yeah, they're yeah. also something else because yeah. horror is all about, you know, the buildup of tension and then the release of tension mm-hmm. when when things go balls out. Like, right. you know, a horror movie almost always, like, turns into action eventually, but it's mm-hmm. about an hour and a half of buildup before that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, try to stretch that out across 10 hour-long episodes of TV, and it mm-hmm. doesn't work that well. Right, right. I think and that's probably why there's not, we couldn't find a lot of really good right. horror TV yeah. shows. It's hard mm-hmm. to make it last that yeah, long. Yeah, this question <laughs> really stumped me. Like, I, I thought of Stranger Things, but that's not really horror. That's more yeah. adventure in the mm-hmm. sense of, like, Spielberg, you know, stuff of the 80s. With, but it has horror elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I thought of Channel Zero, which I think um, I want to say is my favorite horror TV show. Absolutely, yeah. But I only... I, I never watched the third or the fourth. But I mean, it's it's an anthology series, mm-hmm. right? It's like you don't have to watch all of it. You can talk about chan- seasons of Channel Zero as isolated entities. Yeah, and I thought like the first two mm-hmm. seasons of of the, it's an anthology show, and mm-hmm. and they're based on different um like creepy pasta, uh, mm-hmm. you know, internet meme stories, mm-hmm. um, which sounds like a gimmick, but they did such an incredible job of of. They, you know, they didn't stretch it out. It's not 13 episodes. It's like, what, six episodes yeah. per yeah. per series. Um, and, you know, I hope to catch up on that. I think, yeah, the first two seasons of Channel Zero are definitely the strongest. Mm. The second two were okay. They were good. But I really appreciated Channel Zero just, like, in the spirit of trying horror things that were consistently horror and were, like, not done anywhere else. Like, you, like you can usually kind of correlate horror TV shows as, like, oh, it's like this or, oh, it's like that or, oh, it kind of, like dovetails into this other thing channel zero was just weird it no was... end house dude when 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 <sighs> oh my god i saw that you... one i watched that one yeah yeah when they when he <clears throat> the body comes <laughs> up out of the floor yeah and he breaks the arm off and starts it's... sucking these like boba berries it's out like, of it pom- it's like a pom- it's a pomegranate because it's supposed to be oh like oh my god dude like, it's yeah, supposed to be like hades and persephone like it's the the thing that's keeping him in hell is this pomegranate i don't know what you're saying right now yeah. it's I'm, a, what, what i'm saying is what language that, are you speaking that, <laughs> that messed me up it's gross yeah that was gross that was nasty. The, the turn in no one house when the because like you there's like the the first turn where it's like you realize the dad is is gonna try to you know suck all of her memories out yeah. and then there's the second turn where he tries to like save them all oh my god which dude. was so good yeah. oh my gosh it's such a good show it's such a weird good interesting show and it's also i really appreciate no one house for doing i guess a lot of the channel zero stuff did a lot of very like overt daylight horror like there's very few right yeah like dark scenes in like, any of the the channel zero shows like, like midsummer but it was like two years ago yeah exactly yeah. like everybody it's, talked about that with midsummer yeah it's very much like everything is just out in broad daylight with no one house it's specifically stark because it's in like a suburban neighborhood where it's like very quaint and cute and a lot of the horror comes from the fact that it's like you realize that like the people on the bikes are on a loop and they just cross the same part and they do the exact same thing every single day. And it's, it's a lot like, like that Tom Hanks movie, The Burbs, actually. Yeah. Mm. God. <laughs> Deep cut. Ryan. I didn't think that was going to come up right now. Uh, <laughs> I was not prepared not expecting yeah, that. Does what we do in the shadows count as horror TV? Sure. It's sure. Like horror it's got comedy. horror elements. Yeah. It's horror comedy, right? If it has yeah. vampires in it. Is it automatically horror? Mm, kind of. It's It's in the genre, but yeah, it's like, Part horror. Yeah. It's not Satire, dedicated horror. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. 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 They're horror comedies, they're horror dramas. Um, but yeah, speaking of 
things that are not just strictly horror, but is also a multitude of other things. Twin Peaks is, I, yeah. I want to name Twin Peaks because I just love that show. I feel bad talking about it without Greg here, but <laughs> Twin Peaks is near and dear to my heart. And yeah, it, there are scenes in that that scared the crap out of oh, me. That's yeah. true. There are scenes, like, I maintain that the only movie that has ever scared me enough to have to, like, turn it off and, like, stop watching and, like, turn it back on during the day is Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Mulholland <laughs> Drive scared the pants I off of me. I love that movie. It is the the scene in the diner. Like, it's right at the beginning. Like, I didn't get through, like, the first, like, 20 minutes of Mulholland Drive the first time I tried to watch it because it scared me so badly. I'm just like, why is this scary? Thanks, David Lynch. No, thank but you. Yeah, no. Twin Peaks is—I would definitely call it Twin Peaks a yeah. horror show. Did you guys watch the monkey thing on Netflix? No, no, I haven't. I have I have not, watched it yet. Yeah. No. Really? I have not. Yeah, watched have it. you? I'm definitely the least <laughs> Lynch fan here, and I watched that I whole thing. It's like 15 minutes long. I was gonna say, Ryan Schubert watched it. It's incredible. Can <laughs> we just like go watch it right <laughs> okay. now? We can watch it now and then go. react to it. Yeah, we'll do all of that. I heard the first five minutes is hard to get past, but if you make it past the first five, you're good. That's fair, but yeah, who can't make it past five minutes? Even she made it 20 minutes into Mulholland Drive. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh, All right, so well, scary. thank you guys so much. Let's put a pin in this episode. So let's go around and tell them what you're working on and where to follow you. Mm. Mike? Who, me? Yeah. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter, at Rogue Cheddar. Yeah, and you guys are going to be breaking down devs, right? Yeah. Is that something so, you plan yeah. to do? Speaking yeah. of Alex Garland, we're mm-hmm. just going to keep this the Alex Garland <laughs> appreciation hour starring Meg Down. Yeah, no, we're going to talk about devs. Yeah, we're going to be talking probably we're watching some stuff that we probably can't talk about yet. Yeah, it's not that's fine. Out yet. But yeah, we're going to we're going to be talking a lot about devs on uh, which is an FX show that's mm-hmm. airing on Hulu in March soon. Yeah. In yeah. March. yeah. By, by the time this episode goes up, it might be yeah. starting already. Cool, cool, cool. But, mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, you can find me on Twitter as well. I'm Rusty Polished. Um, I will be spearheading a lot of dev stuff, and I think we're also going to be whenever uh, Westworld stuff is happening. That'll be kind of under our Gamespot.com. Yeah, Westworld season three. Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Eric P, and I will be working on some more American Horror Story. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Your favorite. I just go back and rewatch every single episode of every single season. Really. No, yeah. We're doing freak show Chastity's right now. Chastity's forced yeah. me to do it. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I need He's views. chained to his desk. You're not leaving. Watch <laughs> another like episode. It's like a clockwork orange no, we're, we're Currently, Greg and I are going back to, to the fourth season of American Horror Story doing some freak show. Freak show is where I stopped watching that show. Well, there it is. Well, well I'll be rewatching it. Yeah. <laughs> now you can go to Ryan for Maybe all I'll your come freak show needs. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm at Chastity underscore V on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to email us with any questions or comments about this show, reach out to us at on email at ysbw at gamespot.com. That's ysbw at gamespot.com. And thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time. Bye!